You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Um, I just want to welcome you guys. And um, those of you who don't know me, um, I am, I almost said Ms. Jordan, <laughs> I'm a teacher in my real life, or the rest of my life, so <laughs> um, <laughs> if I start calling you class, that's why. Um, so, and I will probably have to walk a lot, so don't worry about that either. Um, I am Shannon Jordan, and I'm here to um, give our next little section in our series of Haunted by Our Past, and actually, um, this one is going to be about being haunted by your grief. So, um, July 23rd, 2021, pretty normal day, Friday. That evening, my son asked to go hang out with his friends. So we decided on a curfew. This is harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, at 10.22 p.m., I was just watching TV, and I sat up all of a sudden, I said, Scott. And then I looked at my watch. That's how I know what time it is. And I thought, oh, curfew's not till 11. He's okay. Then 11 came and went. And I texted him. I thought we agreed on 11. Didn't get a response. Uh, Which was very unusual. He was never, if he was going to be late for curfew, it was only three to five minutes. And he always texted me to let me know. So finally at midnight, I go pick up a friend of mine and we started driving. Thank you. Um, where the text or the Life360 app said he last was. So we were driving looking for his car. Couldn't find it. Took her back home. I went home and I thought, I'm going to go ahead and just sleep in my clothes just in case something's happened and he needs me. And I was just getting ready to crawl into bed, and some people came down my street. And it's not very often for anybody to come down my street that late at night. And they parked, and I thought, nope, it's fine. Because I'd seen the cop car, but the cop car went further, and then someone parked just across the street. And then I heard the, the signal on the cop radio. And I just started saying, no. They came to the door, asked if I was Scott's mom. I said, yes. I said, he's late for curfew. I was hoping he had gotten arrested, honestly. (laughs) Um, So they said for anybody else in the family to come on down. And so my daughter Emma came and we sat down on the couch. And they told us that he had been in an accident and that he did not survive his injuries. Then they told us he was riding his motorcycle and Em and I were both like, oh, well, he doesn't have a motorcycle. We're good, you've got the wrong house. And uh, no, he had just bought a motorcycle three days previous and not told us. So, um, yeah, it does happen just like they say on TV. The weird thing is I was unreasonably calm and professional until after they left. 
Emma immediately called their dad and I had to call Catherine. And that's when it finally hit me. I was trying to tell her what had happened and I ended up, I couldn't tell her. And it finally just came wrenching out of my body. So, yes, this is about being haunted um, by grief um, or heartbreak. And every one of us has experienced loss in some way and experienced grief. It doesn't have to be the loss of a loved one. Um, we grieve all different kinds of things. And um, so the following verses that I'm going to give you speak to my grief journey. Now I'm going to tell right off the bat, some of these are taken out of context. A lot of them are from Psalms. Um, David was just so, who wrote most of the Psalms, is just so good at being authentic with God and sharing his real feelings. So um, even though some of them, he was in a time of war and that's why he's crying out to the Lord or other different circumstances of why he's crying out to the Lord, they were still verses that I was also able to hang on to. Um, so I pray that they comfort you too. So the first thing I'm going to do is change us from um, whatever it's called, haunted by heartbreak to hope in the heartbreak. And I hope you guys can get some of that hope too. So first I'm going to pray for us. Dear Jesus, I just want to thank you for every person that is gathered here. And even though it seems odd, I want to thank you for my story. Um, I know there's a reason you wanted me to share it today. And I just pray that my story can help strengthen someone else who's also going through heartbreak. Amen. All right. So I am going to have lots of verses and I have four main points. Um, so I could not figure out how with Google Slides to get it to change. So everything comes up on the slide at once. I apologize. I wanted to be fancier, but I can't. Okay, Rachel. So my first point is that um, God sees you. God sees you in your grief. Um, the first thing, one of my friends, I mean, everybody had kind of come to my house, but one of my friends just texted me and said, what do you need? And I said, I need a verse. I need something to hang on to right now. And this is the verse she gave me. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears, hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And when I read that, I basically just fell apart because it was so much of what I needed and I was broken inside. A lot of times, especially when we're in grief or experiencing other really hard things, we don't necessarily see God. And it's even harder to see his hand in something. But even if we don't see them, he's there. He sees us. So my next verse um, is also from Psalm, Psalm 6, 6 and 7. I'm worn out 
from sobbing. All night, I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. This again is what I experienced. I would be okay in the day when people were there and then I'd have to go to bed and I'd be alone. And it's a different type of loneliness than I had ever felt before in my life. So with this verse and the next one all has to deal with those nighttime tossings and turnings and tears. You've kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? And that one's from Psalm 56. So again, even though I couldn't necessarily see anything good that could possibly come out of it. And there was times I'm like, this cannot, God's just not there. Um, again, I couldn't answer why. These really spoke to me that God still sees me. He knows what I'm going through. And he understands. So grief is different for everybody. Okay, it's not a linear process. You can't really compare one person's grief to another. I've had a lot of people tell me that losing a son is harder um, than losing anyone else. And um, I'm not so sure that's actually true because it's very personal and it's what's going on in your heart. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be different. It's not linear. Um, you go back and forth between things. You guys have seen me in the middle of, um, <laughs> I went to grief share and they call it an ambush <laughs> where you think you're okay. And then all of a sudden, bam, you are not okay. Um, and my community group, um, a group of amazing, amazing people, um, they had asked me because it fell on a Sunday, the anniversary this year that fell on a Sunday. And they said, so what do you think, how, what are you going to do that day? And I said, I don't know if I'm even going to get out of bed. And they said, oh, yes, you are. If we have to come up and pick you up, you are coming to church. So I had a different friend pick me up, and then they all took me out to lunch afterwards. And um, just that connection with other people. But you guys saw me in the midst of that ambush. I was fine until Josh gave me a hug and said, we have flowers for you. And then I lost it. And I was sitting back here, and you guys all... You guys could see the pain. But even in the midst of that pain, I was able to stand up and raise my hand and praise God. I couldn't sing at the time, <laughs> but I could still praise God. And I wanted you, I wanted specifically to speak to you all because most of you have only seen that side, the pain side. And I want you to see the hope side too. So, um, God sees you and he keeps his promises. Um, so this, um, next verse from Isaiah says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So I am with you. 
And there were times I didn't necessarily feel it, but I clung to those promises. He promises that he's there. He promises that he sees and he doesn't break his promises. Just because we might be in the middle of a storm in our life and it's cloudy and we can't see the sun, it doesn't mean the sun's not there. Even if we don't see it, he sees us. All right, so my next point is that God comforts you. So first he sees you, then he's going to comfort you in your time of grief and heartbreak. So Psalm 23, 4, most of us have heard the 23rd Psalm before. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus experienced every emotion that we have. He grieved. He cried. And that tells us that he is the only one who can truly know what we're feeling. And I would just imagine him sitting there beside me and me curling up and him just holding me. And that gave me more comfort than anything else. So he felt grief. He knows our hearts. And he provides us real comfort. So next slide. So the next verse on comfort. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. All our troubles. It doesn't have to be grief. It doesn't have to be because you've lost someone that's dear to you. It can be maybe you're struggling to find a job. Maybe there's health issues in your family. It doesn't matter what it is. That's my granddaughter. <laughs> so, um, yes, he, um, he's there. He comforts you. In addition to comforting you, God also strengthens you. So, um, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Um, so many of you probably know the song Into the Sea um, by Tasha Layton. That song is based off this verse. And the first time I really heard this song, it was the opening words. I want to make sure I get them right. <laughs> My heart is breaking in a way I never knew it could. My mind is racing with the question, are you still good? And the best thing of all is that it's okay for us to ask those things. He sees us. He comforts us. 
and he's going to give us strength. And as we go on in that song, it says, it doesn't matter. Though the mountains may fall into the sea, I will follow you. And that's the choice we make. We know he's there. We know he sees us. We know he comforts us. Now, are you going to allow him to strengthen you as well? And that is a choice. Thankfully, I always made that choice to turn back to him. There was a point I was supposed to read from my journal, but I guess this is not it yet. <laughs> All right. Um, so the next verse on God strengthening you, um, this is Paul um, was praying to have the thorn in his flesh removed. Okay. And he says, three times, Lord, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So we may ask for it to be taken away. I know I did. I still sometimes ask for the pain to be taken away. And I say, why is this still so hard? It's been two years. But God's grace is sufficient. We don't have to be on any kind of timeline. He's going to use us. And he is going to give us that strength we need. And sometimes it's just the strength to make it through the next minute, the next hour, the next day or week. <laughs> so, um, and then again, back in Psalms, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So... I don't remember if it was the first year or the second year. I know I had to uh, call V. Um, I was driving home, and I passed a big wreck, the kind that had closed half the road. And what I didn't share from that night, I was driving back with my friend, and part of Austin Bluffs was closed at Stetson Hills. And I almost pulled over. I actually started to kind of turn around to ask them. And I said, nope, I'm not going to let my mind go there. So here I was coming north on Powers, and the south side of Powers was closed. And they had the big truck for the accident detective, whatever, investigation thing. And there were still so many emergency vehicles there. And I have to drive. <laughs> So the first thing that happened, praise the Lord, was a red light. So I got to stop. And I'm like, all I have to do is make it to the next light and I can turn. Because it was at Constitution and Powers. That time I lived off of South Carefree. And I just, I prayed the whole time. Once I got to that next light and turned, then I could breathe again. Then I could see the road better again. So... Like I said earlier, ambushes. But God gave me the strength that time to make it that one block. That's all I needed was one block. And he was there strengthening me as I drove by. So just like Eileen mentioned yesterday in the journal, I took two months after he died, I took two weeks off. And I spent a week up in Keystone by myself. And this is how much I journaled. Um, but 
when I pulled it out and reread it. There's some good stuff in here. I had taken up my grief share book as well. Um, so our next point is God rescues you. Okay, he sees you, he comforts you, he strengthens you, and then he rescues you. I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. And absolutely, this is another verse that just, even today, two years later, can still keep me going. Um, so one of the things I wrote, and it kind of makes me laugh to read this now because this was only two months out. I said, I feel like I should be healing faster. That's something everyone going through grief says all the time. I still say it. I feel like I should be healing faster. I don't blame God. I don't understand why, but I don't blame. And I, don't, I know I don't have to understand to know God has a plan. I know he is with me. I know he works all things together for good. The way God rescues us is with his great love. When you experience heartbreak, it's like a physical wrenching open. And God's the one that goes in there and heals it and stitches it back together and makes it whole again. Despair, broken spirit, God's the one who can fill that. So the second verse on rescue, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. And grief is a very dark place. Heartbreak is a very dark place. but he is there to rescue us from that darkness. So our last verse on God rescues you, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. From Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. If you feel like you need to know that God sees you, that he comforts you, that he strengthens you, and he rescues you. This is a great place to be. Whenever I would start to doubt my community group, my friends, my family, built me back up. But I also already have Jesus. Some of you maybe don't. I encourage you, we have some leaders here that could talk to you, answer your questions on how to have Jesus in your heart too, and how to have him repairing and filling those holes of the broken spirit. Maybe you have accepted Christ, but you've never shown it to anyone else. We keep the tub warm. We have extra clothes. We'd be happy. Um, for you to be baptized here today. Or maybe you've done all those things. 
but you don't have that real relationship with Christ, that closeness, or even with other believers. Again, this is a fabulous place to be. And um, I encourage you, if you are a regular attendant here, talk to our leaders about community group. They have been my saving grace in the last year since we started. Started at the beginning of the summer, those ladies. Um, so we have that here. Go ahead. So you can find your hope in heartbreak. That week that I spent in um, Keystone, I was praying, I was reading, and I just had the Christian radio station, whatever one I could find, and it played the same song twice, within a few minutes of each other. And I thought, God really wants me to hear this song. And I actually got up off the couch, and I had never really done this before. I now understand what it means to prostrate fall. <laughs> I just got on my knees and on the floor, and I bawled, and I raised my hand to God. And this song is Run to the Father. In this song, I was able to find hope. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love. Now I can't even read. <laughs> into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. The verse of the day, that day for the two-year anniversary, it said, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction faithful in prayer. That patience and that joy, when it seems so far away, you can, it's still there and you can still be heartbroken and be hopeful and see God's working. So I'm going to end with um, this la last bit from that journal. Run to the Father has come on twice in just a few minutes. I guess God is telling me it's okay to not feel like I can do it. All I have to do is run to him again and again and again. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.